the Basketball Doctors Podcast. My name is Marco Lopez. I am a doctor of physical therapy and certified strength conditioning coach. My name is Gabe Ignacio. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. Our goal is to empower our listeners with evidence-based information of all things basketball. That includes injuries, recovery, rehab, nutrition, sports performance, and training. We will be interviewing key influencers to help you become a more well-rounded athlete at any skill level. Now we have one question for you. Are you ready to ball for life? Let's get it. What's up, guys? It's Gabe. It's Marco over here. Welcome to the Basketball Doctors Podcast, and thank you for listening in. This week's topic is thoracic spine mobility. So we went over ankle mobility last time. Now we're going into a little bit more mobility, the thoracic spine or mid-back and upper back. So Marco, do you mind introducing the topic a little bit and talking about why it's important for basketball players? Yeah, for sure. So thoracic spine. So we'll break it up into, there's three parts of the spine. There's the lumbar spine, thoracic spine, cervical spine. The cervical spine is your neck, thoracic spine is your upper back, and lumbar spine is your low back. And when we talk about thoracic spine, we actually talk about that's the area that's supposed to move the most in regards to motion in flexion, meaning you know coming forward, extending, extending back, going backwards, then rotation, rotating. The best way to describe it, it's in the middle of two things that are supposed to be kind of stable. And the middle thing, thoracic spine, is the, the most mobile. So you want to decrease some stress by just addressing more of the thoracic spine. So the thoracic spine is a huge component of everything that any overhead athlete, which basketball players are kind of considered overhead athletes in a way, you know, they shoot a ball, but they're mostly landing athletes. But that's kind of like the glimpse of what the thoracic spine is. Okay, why it's very important. So yeah, I think you're right on point with it being kind of like an in-between the lumbar spine and cervical spine. So the more mobility and stability you have there, the less stress that's going to cause in your low back and your neck. So a big thing that we talk about with all our people is working on that posture. Like, let's be real. Everyone's not going to sit with perfect posture all the time. It's just unrealistic, right? Yeah. But like being young athletes and being in the classroom, being a student athlete, you're sitting a lot of the time. It's going to create a lot of issues. So what we prescribe a lot of our people is working on your thoracic spine to get your posture better. Um, in terms of you're not going to be perfect all the time. It's we want you to recognize to get out of that bad posture all the time. So real quick, like bad posture is kind of what you said when you're rounded shoulders, you're kind of slouching, you know, you know what bad posture looks like. Yeah, that, yeah. Just, when you look at something, you're like, Hey, oh, that, that doesn't look good. Just look at yourself sitting for more than an hour and you'll see, <laughs> you'll see some bad posture there. So that's one component. What's another component you'd say? I mean, that's a great point that you mentioned about posture. I mean, all the high school athletes we treat, they come in already into the clinic with their drawstring backpack and then rounded like crazy. It's like, man, it's the posture with them stays even, you know, through the classroom into the, our training sessions. But another big thing, what I say, like the thoracic spine is very important is decreasing the, the stress on the joints above and below. So meaning like sometimes if you have neck pain, you know, addressing thoracic mobility oftentimes decreases some of that neck, neck pain. Also low back pain, low back, you know, you're like, oh man, my low back kind of gives me issues. Sometimes you got to look above, you're like, hey, let's see your upper back. How does that move? Maybe your low back is taking more of the toll that it's not supposed to by moving more because your thoracic spine is not moving. 
So I think one of the biggest things is like, are we talking about thoracic spine is in an area where it's supposed to be mobile. Like that area is supposed to be moving. Cervical spine does move, but we want most of the movement coming from the thoracic spine. And if you don't have that movement, the cervical spine, which is the neck or the low back is going to take the big toll of it. What do you think about that, Gabe? Yeah, uh, I think you're on point with that one. I think leading on past that, so what we've worked on, what we talked about so far for the benefits of working on your mid-back mobility is one, decreasing stress at the neck and low back or other points above and below the chain. Two, overall posture. And then for the athletes out there, people listening, it's like, oh, I have great posture. Oh, I don't have any pain. I don't really need to work on that. So let's get into performance a little bit. So big thing that we preach kind of relates to decreasing your stress is uh, movement efficiency, right? So this is going to your performance aspect of it, right? So if you can move through your thoracic spine better, that's going to allow you to move better and be more efficient with your movements. For example, let's take thoracic spine rotation. So looking left, looking right over your body, when you're doing a crossover or um, changing directions, you're not going to be stiff through your spine. You need to open up or you need to turn through there. And if you don't have that ability to turn through your thoracic spine or through your mid back, you're going to compensate somewhere else, whether that's your low back, your hips, your foot and ankle, something's going to compensate. And yeah, you might be able to get through it, but it, it can be like that ticking time bomb, what we talked about before. So movement efficiency is huge. And um, that's a component where, oh, yeah, I'm not in pain or I don't feel any of that. That's just one aspect of improving your performance. Yeah. Another thing to, uh, you know, feedback on that is, yeah, you're going to play defense better. You're going to move better. But do you want to jump higher? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, you won't figuratively actually jump higher, but just working on your thoracic spine, you'll be able to reach higher. For the audience out there listening to us, if you're driving, don't do this. But let's say you're sitting down. I'm sitting down and I try to raise up my arm in bad posture, I'm not going to raise up my arm that high. But if I get in a better position, extend my upper back and raise up my arm, I'm able to reach higher. If I'm able to reach higher when I jump, I'm able to reach higher when I jump. So that technically increases my vertical jump, not vertical jump, but my reach height, which is the most important thing for basketball. You know, we don't care how high you jump. We care how high you reach. I mean, obviously jumping high is going to lead to reaching higher, but that extra two inches that we could just get from improving your upper back mobility to raise up your arm a little bit higher. That's the difference. I mean, earlier today we measured someone's reach and we had him go in his normal posture and he was, you know, kind of slunched forward and he reached, I think was it 88 no, inches, 90 inches. 90 inches. Yeah. And then we told him like, Hey, really raise up. You got like 92. Yeah. yeah. Just an improvement in two inches. So when he jumps up, if he stays in that bad posture, he's only going to touch what? 10, four, 10, five. But if he improves that thoracic mobility, improves his shoulder motion he's able to reach up those extra two inches which is 10 8 that's a difference between you know dunking on someone and getting blocked the rim (laughs) so i mean indirectly it helps your vertical jump through reach height yeah i just challenge anyone once you have the time to do it it's just like sit in bad posture right if you're in that bad posture you try and raise up i'm going to go right there but if i sit in good posture it's like oh it's easy yeah um Obviously, that's just one component of it. Um, so just to recap again, in terms of why working on thoracic spine mobility is beneficial, we have the first one is decreased stress of the neck and low back. Two, posture. Three, increased movement efficiency. And four, overall reach. Um, yep. 
Yeah. I mean, those, those are the quick, you know, four takes wide thoracic spine mobility. And it's very simple to do. I mean, Gabe, what are your easy at home exercises to improve thoracic mobility? Cause we were always talking like, yeah, you got to improve it, but it's like such so easy and it's relaxing. I feel so good when I do any of the thoracic, you know, mobility exercises. What are some of the ones that you give to your clients? Yeah. So first one is one addressing range of motion. So if you don't have the range of motion, that's a good place to start. One of our favorite ones that I like doing is the thoracic spine rotation or extension. Um, and you could just find a chair with the back onto it and extend your back that way. Everyone has a foam roller now at home yeah. and use that one to help with the extension. We have videos that will come out with that. You guys can work on with that. And then as well as rotation on range of motion. So like we, I really like using the open books where you lock out that lumbar spine, you turn, open up, take a couple deep breaths, really relax the muscles and then open up the one rib cage into the thoracic spine itself. So that's one way is range of motion. And how about you? How about you like working on it? I like the way that you, you mentioned just like the overall locking up the lumbar spine. Cause we'll see a lot of athletes are like, Hey, move from your upper back and they can't move from their upper back. They'll move from their low back whole open book with, you know, if you bring your knee to your chest and we'll have videos on our Instagram, YouTube, describing these exercises but if you bring your knees towards your chest you actually your lumbar spine goes into flexion kind of locks it out so you have to move from your upper back so it really makes it selective in where you're moving but i mean those are my, one of my top exercises actually as well in regards to the range of motion one thing that could be limiting the range of motion besides you know it to join itself another thing is muscle flexibility and some of them that i like to target first is like pec Mm -hmm. Head gets super tight. You know, we are yeah, slunged forward, right? bad yeah. posture. We do too much bench press, too much push-ups. I know that push-up challenge on Instagram right now is like C10, give 10, whatever it is. Yeah. But we're constantly pushing. So one thing that I like, I know Gabe mentioned, everyone has a foam roller. Just lay on the foam roller, have your back against the foam roller uh, vertically, and just bring out your arms like a wine glass out to the side. And you'll feel a big stretch in your pec there. And you could ch change it up to get the sterno and clavicular fibers, which are two portions of the pack by raising your arms a little bit higher and higher. But that's one of my, my key muscles. What's another one of your key muscles that you target to improve, you know, thoracic spine? Motion? Yeah, I think uh, pecs are huge. I think you nailed it with like our <laughs> whole culture being rounded yeah. like that. So pecs are huge. I think going back to the reaching overhead is mm -hmm. your lats. Super tight on most people something that's just tight that we can easily address. So lats is a really good one that I like doing. And the way I like working on it is with the thoracic spine extension. It's one where you find a table or some type of stable surface. You could be sitting, kneeling on the ground, and you pretty much bend at the hips until you get to your end range of thoracic spine extension. You reach your arm overhead, and then you add a little bit of even more stretch by bending your arms and stuff like that. So like I said, we'll have videos for you guys, but I think the lats and pecs are big culprits to limiting thoracic spine extension. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that one. I mean, my lats are super tight all the time, and that's that's huge. I mean, you improve your lat flexibility, you're able to reach higher, improves your thoracic spine. Once we get the range of motion, my favorite phrase is, you got to use it before you lose it. Once we improve the motion, we got to use it. So what exercises do you use to use that new range of motion that we have? Yeah. So it's getting into that motor control aspect of it and activating muscles within a certain range of motion. And for rotation, I like kind of like a quadruped open book type of thing. It looks kind of exactly the same, but 
obviously a little different where you're essentially sitting on your heels, one hand's behind your head, and then you're rotating your entire mid back and upper back away and rotating up towards the ceiling. Really feel your back muscles working on, let's say we're like rotating to your right, your back muscles on that right side, you'll feel them firing to try and open you up even more. And then a little bit on your left side, trying to push so that you can rotate a little bit more. So that one's really tough. Um, You'll notice how much limitation there are, but the more you practice it, the better you'll get. Um, Those are, that's one of my favorite ones to work on rotation. How about you? No, that one's huge. I love that one. I mean, it's very simple. And sometimes like the basic stuff is the most bad for your buck. You know, like we try to get too fancy. That one's very simple, but very effective. You know, for me, it's like, I really try to improve my thoracic extension, especially with activating just a low trap, all those exercises. I like one, and we're going to have this video on our YouTube, Instagram, and everything, is if you go against the wall, a lot of people do this standing, where you're standing against the wall, you put your forearms against the wall, and then you slide your forearms up the wall, and then you lift your arms up. However, what we've seen is people actually bend at the low back. Yeah. They'll extend from the low back. So what I've been messing around with, and we kind of mess around with this all the time, is changing the, the lower body. So we could either go in half kneeling where we're on our knees and then sit back or we cross Native American style where we cross our legs and then sit down and then keep our arms against the wall and we raise them up and then lift them off. And the reason because of this, that's going to lock out the lumbar spine. And if we sit Native American style, that's going to lock out the lumbar spine. So now we're forced to move from our upper back to extend those arms. And so we raise our arms to the wall and then we get to the highest point and from there we lift it off and we try to activate those muscles in the low but not low back but upper back but lower in the upper back and that's going to get the low traps and everything just to extend from your thoracic spine and we're just trying to lift those arms off the wall and that's going to get that thoracic extension that's one of my favorite ones right there yeah for sure i think that's a good place to start and then as they get better with control you got to teach them how to do it um without locking the exactly. spine right so like being able to activate their core to not move from the wrong places and cheat yeah so, because everyone cheats early on, yeah. so might as well keep it super simple and lock out that lumbar spine for them. So, yeah, yeah. those are come some of our favorite ways of working on it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, everyone cheats. I know, like, hey, get in good, good posture. And they're like, the first thing they're going to do is they'll whip their low back and then extend. But I'm like, no, you need to get from your upper back. That's going to start, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of like the the gist of thoracic mobility. Yeah. Would you say or would you add anything else here? No, I think that's pretty much sums it up for the most part. Like I said, or like what we mentioned, we'll have some things coming out over the next week to talk about what we just essentially talked about today and take a look at those. And if you have any questions, feel free to message us in any fashion. We have a bunch of platforms, so get in contact with us in that way. Um, So transitioning, uh, we had some really good podcasts this week, people that are really big in the basketball world and it was really nice talking to them and kind of getting their perspective. I know you talked to Bree, Brianna Butler, registered dietitian. Do you want to go into some things that you took out of that conversation? No. Yeah. That was a, that was a big podcast. And I know nutrition, a lot of people talk about it, but I mean, we always talk about it ourselves. Like man, nutrition is huge and it's so hard to implement it. You know, we're on the go, we're treating patients, seeing other people. It's like so hard to get nutrition, but the matter of fact, nutrition is one of the biggest contributors to success on the court and during rehab as well, you know, and Brianna kind of does a great job in the podcast to talk about like what we mentioned is these power portions or power meals. Like the biggest thing I learned from talking to her is 
if we're playing an activity for more than 60 minutes, we got to fuel. She even said for more than 30 minutes, but in the safe side, 60 minutes, meaning if we're playing a basketball game, we finish the game and they're like, Hey Gabe, let's run it back. I'm like, damn. All right. And this is over an hour or, you know, we have a double header. We got to get something to fuel us. And the fuel is either something light, easy digestible. So it could be some crackers, could be a banana, could be a PB and J, just something fast, digestible, fast carbs. And everyone talks about like carbs are bad, but for basketball players, carbs are necessary. I mean, carbs are the fuel. The biggest thing I kept on saying is you're, you're a car. And most likely if you're an athlete, you should be a very nice car, like a Lambo, you know, Ferrari, <laughs> ideally, ideally, yeah. right? No, nothing is shame against like a Toyota Corolla or a Honda Civic. They're good for the long run, but right now it'd be a fast car. And if you go put in gas, you don't want to put the cheap gas. You want to put the premium gas and the gas you put in your body and your car is the fuel that you put in your body in regards to nutrition. So we want to put quality meals in. So before you go on the court, ideally 60 minutes, at least 30 minutes, but ideally 60 minutes, you should have a high carb meal to be able to fuel you for that hour long. Because if, if you do it 20 minutes before the game, it's not going to be digestible before then. You know, an hour is just enough time and you want a, a good carb source, you know, spaghetti, pasta, whatever. And from there, if the game's long enough, you might have to get those Gatorade chews, anything to keep, give you some energy to help you maintain that stamina throughout the game. And then the biggest thing is after. I mean, everyone that's been in the weight room is like, hey, I need to get my protein shake right after. What's the research behind it? What, from what I learned and talking with Brianna, right now the research is iffy. But everything shows that you want to have something 30 to 60 minutes after, or at least after. You know, some people say two to three hours. She recommends 30 to 60 minutes. And honestly, when it comes to nutrition, I'd rather not take any risks. I'm going straight from the game, going, making myself a smoothie, anything to replenish the carbs lost that way I could recover. And you, when you play a game or go, you have a training session, you want to have that protein source as well. So having a protein source with the carb source after the game, that's huge. But that's kind of like a quick rundown of what that podcast is yeah. about. It was huge. I mean, he broke it down pretty good, but go listen to that podcast. We use so many different substrates to fuel our body. Um, take it seriously. I think you mentioned it in the podcast, but I remember like in my youth when we played the basketball games and after like a parent would be in charge of bringing oh, food, <laughs> like it was always like the most great, but worst things for your body. Jesus. And it'll be the cool parents that they bring in pizza. It's like, Oh man, Johnny's dad brought pizza for us. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. I loved it. But looking back, I was like, man, that was the worst. And the, the worst meals were the people that brought in like, you know, good juice. Like I forgot it was like apple juice and like some carrots and, and I was like, D, man. <laughs> it was a sunny day. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. But the, you know, when people brought like good food, like nutritionist, nutrition dense foods, people hated it. They're like, what the, come on, man, that's like, uh, we want pizza. Yeah. And then looking back, I was like, man, I put so much bad stuff after <laughs> a game. Like people would eat chips during halftime. Like it was crazy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the other podcast was with my friend from undergrad, Ernie de Los Angeles. Great guy, uh, certified athletic trainer, strength conditioning coach. He actually went through a bunch of internships and landed a job with the Sacramento Kings G League. Super great guy. He does a lot for that team, and he knows a lot of information. And um, it was a really good po podcast talking about his journey from when we met from undergrad into becoming where he is now as the head strength conditioning coach for the G League. And he talks about the ins and outs of – working for the G League and how much he actually has to do 
so yeah, he's the strength conditioning coach, but found out he does a lot of things. I call him like a little Swiss army knife over there. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's a really good podcast. Check it out. Um, really knowledgeable guy, uh, in the works with doing some other stuff with him. So excited for that and reach out, listen to the podcast and definitely learn something from it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty funny when I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, but Brianna worked. I think she did some consulting stuff for the Stockton Kings, which Ernie is a yeah. G League coach. So it was, it's a pretty small world, but Gabe, I, I love this podcast. It was like a journeyman. He started off in football, right? Yep. And then moved to basketball. And yep. it's crazy. I mean, a former student athletic trainer too. It's like sometimes, you know, he was an athletic trainer, then he was a strength coach, but he was talking about, I was like, hey, I have to help out the athletic trainer as mm-hmm. well, you know, yep. but you'll be surprised. Like it's, a lot of tasks to be a strength coach, especially with the, you know, a G league team. Yeah. And he gives great tips for young coaches, young athletes who are trying to aspire to get where they need to be. And talking about work ethic, putting yourself out there, getting yourself uncomfortable or really some very minimal tips, but can go a really long way for you. So check those out next week. We have two more podcasts coming out. Do you mind letting them a little glimpse of what's coming? Yeah, so I'm gonna have Gabe kind of talk about one of them because it's one of those huge. Yeah. It's a the sleep one. Like sleep is so huge. I mean, I can't stress the importance of it. And then Gabe will kind of talk about it. But then we also have Justin Landry. So give us a quick little thing of what's gonna happen yeah. with the sleep one. So I we got in contact with the sleep expert. He his name his name is Dr. Jay Corsandi. He started off as a dentist and went a different route from things that he saw as a dentist and be end up being a specialist and doctor with working with people with sleep apnea and snoring and pretty much sleep dysfunction. So we recovery is huge. Sleep is a big part of that one. So I think that'll be a really great lesson for anybody, especially athletes, but anyone will benefit from having good sleep. I know I want good sleep. I want to be productive for the next day. So he gives great tips. Yeah, no, that's, it's huge. I'm, listen to it trust me it was so good like i'm actually implementing some of this stuff already yeah you know and it's it's been helpful it's been helpful and our other podcast that we're going to have is with a strength coach from georgia state justin landry so i connected with him through one of our uh, friends dave martin but they're big on three-dimensional strengthening in other words strengthening in different planes of motion we're always you know strengthening in the sagittal plane meaning straight ahead like we're always doing lunges one way, squats one way, but we never train different directions. And basketball, I mean, I never play straight up and down. You know, we're playing side to side, 45 degree angle. So we talk about how to strengthen those motions and why it's important to get experience and get comfortable in those different planes of motion. Yeah, it's just solidifying the fact why we train people in different planes of motion. Like if you're trainer for PT or somebody, obviously they have the mm-hmm. reasoning for it, but if they're just getting you working out in one plane, got to ask them why. You got to run. Yeah. <laughs> you got to run. And this straight up, it's a, if you haven't done a lateral lunge or a, a what we call like a transverse lunge or rotational lunge or anything in the rotational movement, you, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Hopefully there's a reasoning behind it. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up our podcast. Hope you guys learned something valuable and listened to the, those last two podcasts and these next two coming up you can find us on instagram youtube and facebook with the handle at basketball docs or our website is www.thebasketballdoctors.com or email us at thebasketballdoctors at gmail.com thank you again for listening and following us we hope you learned something valuable from our discussion today 
and use this knowledge to gain a leg up over your competition. We would love to continue bringing you information regarding all things basketball. So please rate us, subscribe, comment, and tell your friends. Let's ball for life. <laughs>